I'm Josh Nichols, and you're listening to the Mental Golf Podcast. For more information, head to www.joshnicholsgolf.com. On this episode, I'm going to lay out what it looks like to be a player focused on physical improvements and a player focused on deliberate, intentional mental game improvement. Player one, you practice more than anybody you know. You get to the course early, hit buckets and buckets of range balls, spend hours at the short game area on putting green, and play rounds of golf every day. You play in as many tournaments as possible so as to try to develop experience and get comfortable in pressure. You film your swing, take swing lessons twice a month, and pursue the technically sound swing exhaustively. Because you know that if you have a good swing, good golf will result. So you spent all winter practicing, and your first event of the year is coming up in the spring. You can't wait for the tournament to get started so you can test your practice and see if your swing holds up. The tournament is finally here, and you get off to a good start. But just like every round of golf that you've ever played, you make some mistakes. Have you ever played a round of golf where you didn't make mistakes? I know I haven't. I Every round of golf, it doesn't always start with me playing well, but I certainly come to a point in the round, whether it's the first hole or I play well until the eighth hole, where I make a mistake. I... I'm human. We're all humans. We all make mistakes. It's like part of the definition of being a human is that we're not perfect. So, of course, every round you play, you make a mistake. You know how much you've worked on your swing, so it'll turn around. You're sure of it. So you get to the very final hole, and you have a difficult shot to a tucked pin. You feel the pressure and you rehearse your swing that you've been working on, and you hit the shot. But you miss it, and now you're short-sighted and in a terrible spot. At that point, you know the tournament is over. You are gutted that your swing lets you down. After days and weeks and months of tireless effort, your swing lets you down when you needed it most. I think we all know this feeling. You work so hard on one thing. You just want your swing to hold up under pressure. You want it to be consistent. That's probably the number one thing that my swing instructor says that people ask him. He'll say, what do you want out of this swing lesson? What What is it that you desire? Why are you coming in for a swing lesson? And people always say, I want to be more consistent. And what they really need is to be better than they are not more consistent. If you shoot 98 all the time, you don't want to be more consistent. You want to be better. But the issue that they're thinking of when they say they want to be more consistent, they want to get to the last hole under a pressure situation and make the same swing that they make on the driving range. Consistency from the range to the course, from no pressure to the introduction of pressure. That's what people want. They want to be consistent. Now, 
they need to be better, their range game needs to be better so that their on-course game is better. That's a topic for another podcast. But consistency is what every player wants. And when you get to the final hole and you're under pressure and your swing, quote-unquote, breaks down under that pressure, you, you wish that consistency had been there. You wish that your swing was the same, no matter the pressure. So you're gutted. This feeling just wrecks you. It, it just breaks your confidence down completely. And it kind of shakes you for future moments like that. You can kind of never get over that feeling of failing under pressure. It always lingers in the back of your mind. So you take a day or two off and then head straight back to the range to try to figure out what went wrong. You take some more swing lessons, tinker with more ideas, and change up your equipment and try this whole process again. And this cycle goes on and on and on with the occasional good result that keeps you coming back. Like I said earlier, this was me. I was on this cycle constantly. I would work hard on my swing. I would feel like I've got it in a pretty good groove because I would watch the video of my swing and then I would head to a tournament excited to test it and then just like every other round I made a mistake and it broke down when I thought it should hold up so I'm disappointed and the, the thing that I do right after that tournament right after that disappointment of failing under pressure I get right back to the range and and I say, well, I hit a hook to under the pressure, so how do I eliminate a hook? I, how do I eliminate this one problem that caused me to mess up under pressure? I want a more consistent shot shape, so I've got to eliminate the hook. So that means hitting ball after ball after ball, taking swing lessons, filming my swing, and just going through the cycle again and getting to the next tournament and hoping that it holds up. And now I hit a slice in the last hole under pressure. And then I go in the cycle of back the other way. So this cycle just goes on and on and on without any interruption. So now let's look at player two who prioritizes improvement on mental game above improvement on physical game. Player two, you prioritize your mental game and the time that you put in reflects that. Every morning, you look back on the good things that you did yesterday and you lay out a specific detailed plan to work on the things you need to improve today. You never get past today in your thinking. You're always in this two-day routine. The two-day routine of looking at yesterday, taking the good things that you did, writing them down, committing them to your confidence, to your, inner, to your inner morale, and then grabbing one thing from yesterday that you need to improve today. So you work on that one thing, and you're focused on that today. So you've got yesterday and today. Good things from yesterday, improve today. Because you are reflecting on yesterday and pinpointing a specific area of improvement for today, 
you are able to get to the course and you already have a plan for how you're going to spend your time. That plan, first of all, the big goal of today is that one thing you want to improve. And going forward on your specific detailed plan on how to improve that one thing. That's your plan for the day. You can add other things to your plan for the day, but that one thing is your goal. And that's more than most players do. Most players kind of show up to the course with a vague idea of, I want to get better, I want to you know, hit some more balls, put in some more time. As, as you've heard Tiger Woods say a million times, just get some more reps and I'll naturally get better just by spending more time hitting more balls. So those players are at a deficit to the person that has a plan, that has at least one thing that they want to improve. Because the person that has the one thing that they want to improve is more likely to improve that one thing. So if every single day you're improving that one thing, you're going to improve seven things over the course of a week. Whereas the person that's just kind of going with the flow, hitting balls, you know, kind of just going with their own vague idea of how to improve, they probably won't improve seven things in a week. They might improve one thing in one day. They might improve three things in one day. But they, without that plan, they might even make things worse because they didn't have a structure. They didn't have a goal for the day that they were trying to achieve. So with that goal and with that plan that you have to accomplish that goal every day, you are creating a structure to improve one thing every day. This is such a key principle to improvement. The fact that it's not fast. One thing a day sounds kind of minuscule, but if you step back over the course of a month and say, I improved 30 things this month. Sometimes it was an iteration of the same thing, but I took 30 steps towards where I want to be. Being able to say that when you look back at the aggregate of a month is just, I mean, yes, you're going to see actual improvements, but what it does to your confidence and to say that the last month that I just spent was the most productive month I've ever had because I committed to improving one thing every day. That's going to blow your confidence out the roof, knowing that every day was spent productively. Back to the post. For every aspect of the game, you have a challenging practice that pushes you out of your comfort zone and puts pressure on your game. You might spend some time with other players while you're at the course, but most of your practice is alone because you know in a tournament you're on your own. I see this with players all the time. They, yes, golf is fun and it's a social sport, so you want to spend time with other people. You want to spend time with other people that enjoy the thing that you enjoy. So, of course, you're going to gravitate to other people that have a similar interest as you. But if you're focusing on improvement, if you're focusing on simulating competition, 
if you're focusing on truly getting better, then that's going to mean isolating yourself for significant portions of the day. Pushing yourself outside your comfort zone is going to make you tougher. And it's going to, it's going to make who you are in a tournament a more resilient player than the person that is always comfortable every time they show up to the course and they're always kind of following what all the other players are doing. If you've ever watched like a, a group of high school golfers, let's say, that all show up to the course at the same time, they get done with school and they all go over to the course and what do they do? They all go to the same place. They all go to the range and they all hit balls. One person might finish before the other and they go up to the putting green. The next person that finishes isn't going to go over to the chipping area. They aren't going to go to the course and go play by themselves. They're going to go to the putting green where the first person is. And the third person will follow them and the fourth and the fifth. It's just a cycle. It's a, it's a social sport and people want to be in their comfort zone and they want to have fun as the primary objective for the day. And that means hanging out with their friends. And there is absolutely time to hang out with your friends that there's nothing wrong with hanging out with friends and enjoying your time at the golf course. It's a fun thing. It's a game. But if your objective is to improve, then you have to isolate yourself. You have to go against the flow. If you want to be better than other people, you've got to do things that other people aren't willing to do. If you want to be just as good as everyone else, then do what everyone else is doing. Follow the leader. Follow that person to the putting green after they hit range balls. Just do the exact same amount of time and effort and quality as another person. That's the key to being average, to being the same skill level as everyone else. But the person that truly separates themselves from the pack is doing that in practice. They are removing themselves from the crowd. That's the person that's going to succeed and excel in a group. You go through your entire pre-shot routine before every range ball, chip, or putt. I gotta stop right here because this is such an underrated thing that people practice. What do you mean you practice your pre-shot routine? What kind of thing is that? That sounds miserable. Like, can that even help? Of course that can help. You get to a tournament and... You've heard your instructors say over and over, go through your pre-shot routine in a tournament. It'll help you. Stick to your process. So when you show up to a tournament, you follow their advice and you go through your pre-shot routine. But why does this feel so weird? That's because you haven't gone through your pre-shot routine since the last tournament you were in. You... When you're on when you're at the range, you've just been hitting balls, ball after ball after ball without any 
anything between you and the next ball. It's just hit a ball, rake over the other one, hit another one. And you just hit nine, eight irons and ten drivers and, and you move on. But to truly simulate competition, you've got to do what you do when you play. And what do you do when you play? You go through your pre-shot routine. So on the range, maybe you should go through your pre-shot routine before every ball. And that sounds miserable because 30 balls without a pre-shot routine is probably going to take uh, three minutes. <laughs> I've seen players hit 30 balls in three minutes, maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes. But with a pre-shot routine, it triples that time because, you know, the the time limit you get to hit a ball is about 40 seconds. So, so if you take 40 seconds for every ball of those 30 balls... I'm not great at mental math, but um, it's it's a long time. It's uh, it's more like 45 minutes to an hour to to hit 30 balls. So this excruciatingly boring practice is going to help you simulate competition, get that feeling that you always have in a tournament, and reinforce the the pressure and the routine and the process that you feel in a tournament. So you've got to get comfortable with that. You've got to go through that practice every single ball. With every challenging practice, you are marking down how you performed, always tracking your progress in practice. This way you can see what you're getting better at and what you need to put more focus on. At the end of the practice day, you spent just as much time as the other players, but probably hit a lot fewer balls. Every ball you hit is hit with intention, and the outcome of every shot is tracked, accepted, and moved on from. The theme of your practice is how much like a tournament can I make this? So you kind of get the feeling that every shot is hit as if it's the only shot. Every shot is hit as if it's it has the entire pressure of the tournament cracking down on it. Every time you hit a range ball, it's just like that final shot on the last hole to a tucked pin. You're always pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. You're always stretching your abilities. You're always introducing difficulty and challenge into your practice. Your goal is to make yourself tougher. Your goal is to make a tournament feel like any other day. Back to the post. You're excited because you love the feeling of competition, but you are also so used to the feeling of competition because of your difficult practices that the tournament really just feels like another few days to you. The tournament is finally here, and you get off to a good start. But just like every round of golf that you've ever played, you make some mistakes. Remember the first example? Every round of golf that you've ever played, you make mistakes. It's inevitable. We're humans. 
You embrace the mistakes because you like it when your weaknesses are exposed. In your mind, mistakes are just things to work on. You mark it down, accept it, and move on. This thing that I keep saying, marking it down, that's taking stats. You you hit your driver into the right rough, um, and yes, that's a mistake, but calling it a mistake is just one way of viewing it. Calling it an area to improve, room to grow, is another way to look at it. So you're writing it down that you missed your driver into the right rough. Um, so what do you do from there? Do you bum yourself out and walk all the way up the fairway and just mope and say, man, if I had just turned the club face in just a little bit, I could have hit that straight down the fairway. No, because you marked it down, you accepted it and moved on. You you released yourself from caring about that driver. You By marking it down, you're committing yourself to future practice. You're not going to practice it right now. You're going to reflect back to your stats after the round, tomorrow, the next day, and say, okay, that that one I hit into the right rough. Or 30% of my drives I hit into the right rough. So clearly I have something to work on. I have an area to improve. But you wouldn't know that if you didn't track your progress, mark, mark down your stats. And by sending that practice into the future, it allows you to accept the outcome in the present. Because you are going to work on it later, you can say, I'm not going to work on this now. I know I'm going to work on this later. So you mark down your stats, you accept it, and you move on. It's in the past. Back to the post. So you get to the very final hole, and you have a difficult shot to a tuck pin. You feel the pressure, but you've been feeling self-imposed pressure in practice for months now. This feels just like all those challenging practices you've been doing. Remember all those balls that you hit with every single one going through your pre-shot routine? Every single one being a difficult shot or a different shot from the one before? Introducing challenge, introducing difficulty, making yourself tougher? This is what it comes down to. You feel the pressure, but... You've felt pressure. In fact, that pressure might not even feel like that much pressure because of how normal pressure has begun to you. You go through the routine that you've been drilling in for what seems like forever, and you hit the shot, but you miss it in a bad spot. You know at one point this would have made you really mad, but now you simply accept it because you know how much variance there is in golf. You mark it down, accept it, and move on. Just like you're mistake you made early in the round. You mark it down, you accept it, and move on. A mistake is not final. It's just an area to improve the next time you practice. Because you're able to accept it so freely, you hit the short-sighted flop shot with a clear mind and get it up and down. How many people do you know, or yourself, know that when you get up to a a shot that is a result of a mistake and you've been bumming yourself out about it the whole way up 
and trying to correct it and thinking about ways to fix your swing, what are you going to do on that shot that you get to up by the green? You're probably not going to have a clear mind. You're going to be thinking what you could have done better to not be in the spot or, man, I wish I was on the green five feet from the hole or if I had just missed it in a good place. You're thinking about all the other outcomes instead of releasing yourself from this outcome, even the bad outcome. You're releasing yourself from it. It's in the past. You wrote it down, you accepted it, and you moved on. You don't even know where this puts you in the tournament because you were so focused on sticking to your routine all day. Come to find out this par won the tournament. By accepting the past and moving forward with a clear mind, you were able to come through in the pressure moment. From the outside, this looks like you were in the zone or pulling off the clutch shot or willing the ball in the hole. But you were just doing what you had been practicing for months and months before. You've heard commentators. You've heard uh, people that were watching you. Uh, they might say after you make that pressure par putt on the last hole, like, wow, you were so clutch. You came through under pressure. You did it. You you made it happen in the moment. They used to say about uh, Jack Nicholas and still say about Tiger Woods and and good pressure players that they will the ball into the hole. Like they overcome the moment to make the ball go where they want it to go. But what those commentators or what those onlookers don't see is the countless hours of pressure practice that Jack or Tiger went through to put themselves in that difficult situation years and years and years before that difficult situation ever even came about. So they were just reacting to their years and years of practice in that pressure moment. All of their past was building up to that moment and the reason why they were able to come through better than most do is because of the effort and the difficult practice and the stretching their uh, abilities in practice for years and years and years came through in that moment. That's how they were able to do it. Not by elevating themselves somehow into a mental realm better than any other player because they are a godlike uh, deity of golf and because Tiger is Tiger is how he was able to make that pressure shot happen. No, it's effort, it's time, and it's quality of time and quality of effort spent over years and years and years. It's constantly taking yourself out of your comfort zone so that when you're in an uncomfortable spot in a tournament, you know what that feels like. You're always uncomfortable. You're used to discomfort to the point where discomfort feels comfortable because you're so used to it. It almost feels like, oh, this reminds me of back home uh, when I'm when I'm practicing. And that's a pretty good feeling. You want to remind yourself of good times. Like all those times that you were practicing at your home course, at a place that you love doing the thing that you love the most, that is not uncomfortable. That feeling is great. So this pressure-packed pressure packed flop shot that you have to hit is just like all those pressure-packed flop shots that you hit at your home course. 
So you're used to this uncomfortable situation. And that's the key to, to being able to perform under pressure. And that's what most people don't see and they don't get it. And uh, they misdiagnose a, a clutch shot that someone pulls off. So back to the post. Now the outcomes might end up differently. Sometimes you win, most of the times you lose. That's just reality. But you have to train your mind to, to handle the good and the bad. This isn't done once you show up to a tournament. It's done in all those days and weeks and months spent working on your game. Just like I've been saying this whole time. It's not elevated once you get to a tournament. You don't expect the best of yourself in a tournament. You actually expect a lower level of yourself in a tournament under pressure. That's why practice before the tournament is just so important. That's why getting your perspective shifted into daily mental game improvement, daily self-awareness, daily tracking your progress, looking at yesterday, what was good about yesterday, what do I need to improve from yesterday, looking to today, what do I need to improve today, what is my goal of improvement for today, one thing, just one thing, Start there. Looking to today and creating a specific detailed plan for how to reach that goal, for how to improve that one thing. That's all you focus on today. And this is done day after week after month after year. It's not fast. It's not the coolest sounding uh, mental game tip to improve your game in five minutes. It's more like improve your game in five years. Um, it's, it's saying, you know what? I don't care about the result right now. I care about improving myself right now. I care about spending the next day working as hard as I can on the right things with a structured practice and a detailed plan to improve my one thing. And then tomorrow morning, I'll look at the good things I did from today. But for today, I'm working on improving that one thing. And that's all that I'm focusing on. And come tournament time, I just let it happen. And I can do that because of all the time that I spent with quality practice. Thanks for listening to the Mental Golf Podcast. For more information, head over to www.joshnicholsgolf.com.